The issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible for any injuries sustained while listening to include but not limited to busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, alcohol poisoning, and a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle, as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit, and listener discretion is advised. Epstein didn't kill him. Success, guys, a very, very lonely road, man. And along that road, you're not going to see too many friends. You're going to see your shadow most often. See, the thing is, for many people, they've tried the same path you're on, and they failed. You don't burn out mentally, because you always burn out physically. you got to trust in the heart of hearts, inside what you're doing, what you believe in, is a worthy cause, a winnable fight. If you allow it to sit, it will grow root and start breaking you down, destroying the potential of the person you can be. The champions, guys. It's not their potential, it's not their genetics. It's their perseverance to always show up. What I'm saying is the character of who you are. It's not the title that makes you, it's not the success that makes you. The character defines the success, defines the fame, and it starts right there. It's how you look at something, if your name's attached to it, that you do it right, the best of your ability, every single time. Championships aren't won in the theater of the arena. They're won in the thousands of hours in the training room, in the labs, in the 5 a.m. runs, and the training, when everyone else is sleeping, that's when it's won. The heart of a champion is a light switch that's always on. It doesn't go on and off when someone's watching. It's constant. Fear is self-imposed, meaning it doesn't exist. You create it, you can destroy it too. I love fear. The reason why? Behind every fear is a person you want to be. You face your fears, you become the person you want to be. You run from your fears, you're not living. You're alive, but you're not digging into freedom. If you face your fears, guys, and fear is destroyed, it comes back in its confidence. What else am I, what else am I capable of? What else am I holding my back from that I'm capable of more? Where am I running from I don't need to? What else can I overcome? When you embark on this journey, you must know that it's going to go down before it comes up. And when it comes up, it's going to go so much higher than you've ever been. It begins right now with no one looking at it. A winner and a loser, this is the winner gets back up and does it again, and does it again, until it goes his way. Sacrificing today for tomorrow's betterment. Something in the near future, relative future, that gives value to today. We all fall down in life. The question is, who gets back up? You go after and you give it all you have. If you lose, at least you try, man. I failed. It's ten times more of a man than someone said, what if? 
Because what if never went to the arena? You've hit the wall someplace, you've looked in the mirror too many times and haven't smiled. You want to change the situation, move from where you are. And you do it right, the best of your ability, every single time. That's the same person who has his hand raised on the podium one day. Because it's hard. It's an uphill battle. It's a path less taken. That's what creates the champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roll Call Room Podcast. And now your host, Nick and Mike. Epstein didn't kill himself. Mike, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, bud. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Welcome of the rollcallroom.com. Com. Uh, killer last episode. Mike and I are in here early, early in the morning, Getting crushing in. coffee and Chick fil A yeah, and the Lord's chicken pudding. Oh my god, what? Uh, it's true, it's not Chick fil A, it what? is. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, I do love, I love Chick fil A. Dude, I go in there, and this guy's like begging for money, for money, and like the homeless dude begging for money, and like right outside the entrance of the drive-through, because I brought you Chick Fil A because I care about you. Yeah, and you won't eat anything that I make. No, anymore. never again. All right, it's all right. We already spoke about it. I'm working my through feelings. it with my counselor. My, oh my god, <laughs> you use a blue and, help for that. Yeah. And I'm like, get a job, and I'm driving off. No, you didn't, dude. I already told you, man. I, I just, come on. If I got to fucking get out here and grind, you can get out here and grind. There's no fucking excuse, bro. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. If you're it's, that, it, it, bro, when I drove through here, it was like 730 in the morning. Uh, you can fucking get up and hold a flag at a construction site that says stop and slow at fucking 7 a.m. <laughs> get paid. It's kind of getting out of hand where, it's, where we live. It's everywhere, dude. It, 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 it really is kind of getting out of hand. And it's, uh, you know, you and I are from New York City, so we're kind of used to real, real homeless issues. <laughs> exactly. But this is like... They're like on heroin right next to you, yeah, high out of their mind, God. just stiff as a statue. So I, I told you, I was like, I um, came across a huddle of panhandlers having like a panhandled union meeting. Roll call? Yeah, like <laughs> they were having their own roll call. And it's so organized, and then in the yes. in the Commonwealth, it's a fucking business, it's, dude. It's getting out of hand. Like it's, it's everywhere. It's strong arming. It's yeah. it's like there. Are, like my daughter is petrified to go to like Seven Eleven by herself mm, because they bullshit. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And I know in our jurisdiction, it's a zero zero panhandling policy, and it works. 
Um, well, they it, come out. I mean, these guys fucking come out and they're, you know, and, and then if you, if you're an officer, cause I go out there and you know, I'm like, Hey man, can you like, you know, you're scaring people, dude, move it along or move down. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like move down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm like, Hey man, like obviously I offer them services and shit, right, like typical, right. like, Hey, what are you doing? And make sure they're not wanted out of New York for like fucking yeah. murder. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's happened before. Or, 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 or terrorist. El Salvador. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. Same shit. Yeah. Anyway. Because New York's a fucking foreign country now. So but, um, anyway, so yes. Yeah, so. so Mike, um, I get this inbox on Twitter from um, Ernie, this guy Ernie, and then this guy Joe, right? Ernie and Joe, yeah. Ernie and yeah. Joe. And I didn't know who they were. Shame on me. Um, and I'm like, who are these guys? So I go on there and I'm doing our normal research and stuff. And I find out that it's Ernie and Joe crisis cops from HBO. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, Ernie and Joe are like, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. The big fans of the show. And awesome. we form a, 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 a relationship, like a friendship. And then yeah, because you on sent you. it to me. And yeah. you're like, dude, check this documentary. It's fucking phenomenal. And I was off. So yeah, I don't I have HBO. It. So I signed up for HBO Go just for that doc. Oh, shit. And I turn it on. And my law enforcement friends that are out there, if you have not um tuned in to the yeah, documentary in. ernie and joe crisis cops you are doing yourself a huge disservice it's two cops they're part of ci basically a cit group where they go out and they respond to nothing but uh, emotional disturbed people and they have a plethora of resources that they yeah. throw at these folks and there's a couple of really touching stories in the episode and they follow they they actually hook up with these folks that are having some problems one in particular was that there was a lady out on a bridge and she was mm, one yep. leg over the, the rail and Ernie and Joe are there and Joe, uh, Joe and Ernie talk to her like a normal human being and they do everything um, very, very tough. I'm getting chills because I think it was Joe sits down on the curb and he's like, just come sit next to me. And, and she does. And um it ultimately they wind up staying with her um, and they're still friends with her on on their Twitter. Mm -hmm. They show pictures of her, how she's doing now. And she struggled through the way. I mean, that, that's what mental health is. Uh, that's the yeah, issue. It's a journey. It's a journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, Joe has this saying um, that I absolutely love. And it's from the movie Avatar, which is, is I see you. Uh, Joe did a TED talk. If you haven't seen it, go on there as well. Joe. Uh, did a TED talk, very, very touching. And he has this scene, um, I see you. Um, and I love it. It, it brings yeah. chills and it kind of fits into the theme of our podcast, which is, is we see you, uh, the mm -hmm. commanders. We see you. We're holding you accountable. We're holding you up to a higher standard um, because um, we deserve better. Uh, but I'm going to digress. So Ernie and Joe, I'm talking to them. Ernie reaches out to me. He says, hey, do you want a autograph poster? I'm like, fuck yeah, because we have posters all over the studio. Mike is staring at it right now. I put it right above Mike's head. Uh, so they sent me a poster, a roll call room. Um, I put it up on our social medias, um, um, social media pages so you can see it. Um, on top of that, Ernie and Joe autograph a poster and they send it to us to give away to a fan. Yeah. Which I'm too, totally blown away. We reciprocated. We sent Joe and Ernie uh, autograph posters of the roll call room. Cause again, they're, they're, they're huge, huge fans. Ernie's always uh, reposting and stuff. Uh, super cool. So this is what we decided to do. My, I turned to Mike and I said, Mike, 
why don't we make our fans send us the most awkward picture and we'll make a calendar out of it? And Mike said no, um, because it wouldn't pass our legal. Yeah, uh, get the uh, fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is what we did. Um, we are so close to 100 comments on iTunes. Uh, we're at 77. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Mm-hmm. We need to get to 100. Um, one of our biggest goals that we set since October 27th when we released this podcast is, is that we want to hit the top 200 podcasts on iTunes. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of hard because there's a lot of famous people that have podcasts that are, they're dog shit, but because they're <laughs> yeah. famous, people, tune people in. just tune in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking about like Joe Rogan's solid. Yeah, Joe, I love Joe's the stuff. pinnacle. Yeah. He is the, he is what I strive to be. Uh, Tom Segura and Christina P from, um, uh, your mom's, um, your mom's house. I love their stuff. Burt Kreischer, love him. Um, all the comedians that I listen to, those guys get like, you know, 150,000 subscribers. I, I wish one they've been doing it for years. Yeah. Again, uh, you know, Tom Segura and Christina P have been doing it for almost 10 years yeah. now. So Joe Rogan too. Joe Rogan too. Joe Rogan, that's his full-time job. Yeah. That's what we aspire to yes. do is to give you guys yes. five, five episodes a week of just pure uh, great content. Yeah. So again, we're at 77. Here's the deal, folks. The hundredth person, the hundredth person that um, uh, leaves a five-star with a comment will get the Ernie and Joe pro- poster. But here's where it gets interesting. From 90 to 100, Mike and I will send you a personalized autographed roll call room poster to you for Mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. So from 90 to 100. So 10 lucky fans are going to get uh, the autographed poster from Mike and I. And a surprise gift. And a surprise gift. Uh, But the 100th person will get the Ernie and Joe Crisis Cops signed HBO poster uh, courtesy of Ernie and Joe. So get on it, go on iTunes. Very easy to do. Hit subscribe, hit five stars and leave a comment. Don't just leave stars. Um, and don't be the two fucking dickheads that left one star, star and four star, <laughs> which I don't understand. Like it took you. It's all right. Man. I have can't a feel- please them all. Nah, but I have a feeling that they were fucking really not smart and they clicked four instead of five. Nah, probably. Probably. Yeah. But if it's, if it's not you take it back, you fucking ass. Um, and we know who you are. One star, one star guy, yeah. which will never one go star away Steve. because you thought you were being funny. One star, Steve, uh, get my blood boiling. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so do it, get out there and do it. Okay. ASAP. So, uh, that being said, so Mike, where are we going with this? Uh, so, you know, our, our highest trending, uh, episode that we've done is, uh, rookies one. So whoop, we got to do, yeah, we got to do a rookies two. Shit's like at 5,000. It's ridiculous. So, um, yeah. We got to do two. We got to share stories. We got to give the people what they want. Give right? it. Give it. So I got some questions here for you. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Put your phone down and fucking listen. <sighs> Just released an episode, bro. We did. Now, get out there. Get out there. Like and share. Yeah. Listen right. away. Do it. Anyways. All right. What was your first traffic stop? Oh. <laughs> like officially cut loose. Oh, officially cut patro- loose. Solo patrol. Yeah, solo patrol. Your first traffic stop. I didn't have this radar. This is all like cut loose out of field training. Okay, like so you're done. You're yeah. solo. I did not have Which radar. Which shift were you on? Midnights. Uh-huh. Midnights. What hours? Uh, roll call was at 8 p.m. and we got out at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. So long, long fucking shift. I know. Um, first traffic stop solo released was expired registration. 
Nice. Because I did not have radar at the time. Yeah, you know, sir. You really had to. All right. What is that? You had to. You know what it is? A plunger on your face. You, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> skin. What do you call it? A skin straw. Yeah. A meat straw. Meat straw. <laughs> You you had to you had to get the calluses on your knees for you to go to radar school back yeah. when I first yes, got cut this loose. Is true, and if you weren't very yeah, well liked, to get a patrol rifle. Holy holy fuck, fuck, dude! You knew someone. Yeah, you you were a Kennedy. Oh, you knew someone. What? Or, you were tied in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was bad. So basically, and I guess it was good in a way because it it really honed in my skills on traffic code, uh, driving behavior, and stuff. And early on in my career, I took to DWIs like a moth to flame. So I was Not very, me. I fucking hate him. It's too much. I was work. very lucky because on my too group, much work for a misdemeanor, bro. Hey, no, it's well, a waste of time. I looked at it in a different way. I looked at it like if if they were like really hammered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, but, but I like I had on. the number one DWI enforcer in the state of Virginia on my group. Yeah, I know. and I I stuck to him. He would lock up his own mother for DUI. Yeah, but the thing is, is he was solid. Like no, he I know. knew, he his knew shit. what he was doing. Yeah, because what happened was, is so folks, you do your your FSTs, field sobriety tests, when you pull somebody over. You got driving behavior. You've got hopefully some scent of alcohol. You pull them out of the car. Hopefully, you do, yeah, you, you do better. <laughs> yeah, you do some field sobriety tests. You know, one legged stand, touch your nose, whatever it was. And then you would offer a preliminary breath test, which is a small little handheld machine. And then you blow into it. it You'll see on live. Right, right. That's what they do. The thing about it is, is that it's not a required test in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's 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 a voluntary test. But nine times out of 10, you want to get that because um, you want to solidify your case. And also folks are nervous when they're doing field sobriety tests. We recognize that. So if you're kind of borderline that field sobriety test, that PBT, we call it, kind of helps us determine what's going to happen. And what I did when I first started, I was terrible at offering the PBT. So basically what I would say is I would go, this is a preliminary breath test. You don't have to take this. And then, of course, they would go, I'm not taking that. <laughs> and like, so I would con like 99.9%. I would and get no hassles. Right. Uh, so the, the DWI guru in my group yeah. that I work with, and this is where it goes back to being a rookie, harnessing the veterans that you're working with partner with them don't discount them because they've been on the job for a long time you're like oh it's an old dog they don't have any new new tricks i went to him and i said hey i'm having a lot of problems with my pbt offering my pbt he's like all right next to you dwi um come out come on mine and i said oh okay so i went on out, out on his and he had this rock solid speech that he gives that was like so beneficial for the person to take it that you'd be stupid not to take it and i was like brand new i had like two months on the job and i i mimic that still to this day 15 years later mm -hmm. i still get duis now where i do the same way every single time oh, yeah. and then and the the thing with that is is muscle memory when i'm on the witness stand which hardly ever happens now with duis because your reputation precedes you in court yeah you're solid public yep. defenders or or paid defenders that get my dui cases automatic and i'm not fluffing myself up they automatically know it's solid. My reports are solid. My driving behavior is solid. My FSTs, field sobriety tests, are rock hard solid. Um, and now with blood work and stuff, it's it's pretty slam dunk. Like if I get a search warrant for your blood and it pops back alcohol, you're going to have a pretty hard time fighting that in court. 
So all that stuff comes into play, folks. Uh, you know, when you're when you're a rookie, you need to hone in on your skills, especially with DUIs, because there's so many facets to it where you can lose a case. Yeah. So with FSTs, they're pretty hilarious with me, man. When I was when I was on nights, and I'd be like, "All right, go ahead and leave your keys in the car. Go ahead and hop out for me." And they'd be like, "What? Like, yeah, what's yeah, this?" Yeah. And I get them out, and obviously have another unit there, and I'd be like, "You've been drinking tonight?" And they're like, two oh, beers. Yeah, two I beers. Two beers." Yeah. Every time, two, two beers. kegs of beers. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? two beers. And then, and then I'm like, all right, this is a field sobriety test. We're gonna go through it. This is what I'm looking for. I don't want to see any of this shit. I don't want to see any of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you know. And then, and I'm like, uh, if you don't mind taking them, whatever. Oh, no, I'll do it. I'll do. It. I'm good. And everyone thinks they can ace that. Yes. Shit. Yeah. It, the confidence. And they're like, is overwhelming. Oh, and I'm like, easy. And they're easy. like, I'm like with the one leg stand. Easy. And I'm like, uh, at the end, um. You know, I like to do the finger dexterity four three two one one two three four. Yeah, so easy, dude. Yeah, and they bomb it. They're like one one three three, it's and the numbers that count. I'm like, and then they they do like that's it, and then they just stare at me, and I'm like, you done? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. And then at the end, I'm like, all right, how'd you think you did? And they're like, I think okay, I did great. pretty good. I'm like, no, I'm turn around, put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest for DUI. Oh, you don't do you don't do. <laughs> I have one more test for you. I do that. Oh, have them I'm, turn around? Yeah, I'm like, no, all right, this is what that. I'm going to do. One more, one more test. Turn around. And like, oh, okay. And I'm like, put your hands <laughs> on top of your head. And they're like, oh, this is going to be an easy test. And then clack, clack, <laughs> clack, clack. The thing uh, with DUIs, too, is, is everyone that cries. Just uh, they, 90% of them cry. Not mine. <laughs> not mine because I'm, I pretty much make it where they feel like they're going to ace that test down at booking. Like they're just like, Oh, the, like, breath oh, the breath test? The breath test. They're like, intoxilizer yeah, 5,000. Intoxilizer 5,000. So, um, my thing with DUIs is, I think yeah, 90- They try to fuck around with the PVT, bro. That- Before you even bring them down. Like, I offer it to him, but I'm like, if I'm already done hammering him or yeah. with the test, I'm like, he's going either way. I'm like, this is just to gauge the BAC in your blood. Correct. And they're like- <laughs> I'm like yeah. that. Like they stop trying to cheat it. Yeah, they, don't do that. And and it happens all the time. They put their lips I'm around blown. the straw, and they puff up their cheeks. Yeah. Wait, what's the number one thing that all cops say? Blow it like you're blowing bubbles in a cup of water or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What's the <laughs> highest? What's the highest BB, PBT reading that you've gotten out on the street? Uh, uh, for DUI, not for dip, DUI? not dip. We'll for come DUI, to that in a yeah, a three two, beat you four two. And yep. they were operating more vehicles. Yes. Though? Yes. What kind of dude? A police car. <laughs> Did you, Mike? <laughs> this is a podcast for police. Well, Fucking rat. I hate to do it, Chief, but uh... <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. I get this guy just fairly recently. I get this guy for a traffic accident in a parking lot, private parking lot. Mm-hmm. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I arrest him for DUI. Uh, he winds up blowing like a 0. 0.32. Um, fuck. Yeah. So I set his advisement. So folks, when you get arrest- arrested, um, you have to appear back in court for an advisement date. So you get advised of what your charges are. You qualify for a public defender or you don't. And then judge says, all right, this is when you're going to come back for your trial. So I just happen to set the advisement date for my normal traffic day, right? So I show up for my traffic day, and here's Guy. 
that I had arrested like three days prior for DUI. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, today's his advisement. Well, I'm in the courtroom. The deputies come up to me. So the deputies in our jurisdiction handle court security and they handle jail. Right. And Mm -hmm. civil process. So the deputies are like, hey, is that your guy for your DUI? I'm like, yeah. They're like, he is fucking hammered right now. (laughs) This is 9 a.m. So I turn around and I'm like, oh, dude, (laughs) I'm like, fuck. So the judge who's hearing the advisement goes, uh, officer so-and-so, which is me, because I can't say who what my name is. He goes, did you bring in John Smith? And I said, yeah, he's here for an advisement on my DUI. He goes, well, I suspect that he's intoxicated right now. Mm. And I'm like, uh, he goes, do you have a PBT, a preliminary blood test? I said, yeah, down on my cruiser. He's like, go down and go get it. I'm like, fuck. So I had to go all the way down, go into yeah. the parking garage, get it. I bring it back up. He makes me administer it. Mike. How he, bad is he? Point four five. Damn, dude. Point four five at nine in the morning. Point four five. Yeah. The judge, it was super awkward. Judge goes, come. I've never approached the bench before, yeah. so it was awkward. Yeah. And he's like, come, come up here. And I go up to the bench and he goes, uh, what was he? And I was like, point four five, your honor. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Just like that. And I go, uh, no, your honor. And he's like, I'm going to hold him in contempt. And I was oh, like, shit. uh, okay. He goes, um, 10 days in jail. What do you think about that? And I go, Oh, you got the black robe on. I mean, you do. He goes, are you think you look surprised? You thinking less? I was like, I honestly didn't think you were going to hold him in contempt. He goes, what? He goes, 15 days then. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm not pushing you. I'm not pushing you around. And he's like, all right, all right, 10. And he brings him back in. This is this is how weird it is. He brings him back in. The guy's blitz. He goes, I'm holding you in contempt for, for 10 days. The deputies take control contempt of him. These. So the deputies take control of him. And now, of course, you can't take him to jail. Yeah, you have to take to him to holding cell. Yeah. No, you have to take him to the hospital to get oh, yeah, cleared. He's that, yeah, he's that hammered. Because they didn't want to sit with him at the hospital. Oh, no. They brought him back to the judge. The judge rescinded the contempt charge and they just let him sober up and they released him. What? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's what that's happened. Stupid. Yeah. So it was a good story till that happened. It was, but you're like, know, wait a minute, we're getting some justice now. No, nope. Uh, you almost had it. Uh, 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 uh. What was your first traffic stop getting cut loose? Um, well, I was going to say something about the PBTs because mm-hmm. when you're a rookie and you get them issued to you on midnights, because that's typically the only piece of equipment you'll get, at least when we started. And then you would like, let me see how high I could get this thing. You know what I mean? No. Dude, I got a .16 on myself and I was fucking hammered. Okay. Point one six. Okay. I and I was hammered. All right. I have to tell. I have to tell a pretty embarrassing story. And dude, I was, and I'm like, so to get to that level, I'm like, dude. First of all, it's a full time job. You're working overtime on that job, drinking that fucking munch. So at the police academy, while my wife was in the police academy, I heard about this. Uh, I can't believe I'm telling. I heard this from the rookies. Did you? When I went out there for APP, were they laughing? Yeah, they're like, at oh. Me? You're from Nick and Mike, right? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we know Nick. <laughs> so say, I got a fucking bird belly. Go ahead. So they do this wet lab at the academy where they ask for volunteers yep. for their DUI enforcement night to teach the <laughs> r- rookies how to do DUIs. Now, you never get involved in a car. You never get in a car. They, no, it's very it's controlled. It's a room where you drink. So you get in a room. You get to choose. My drug of choice is whiskey. I don't drink a lot, folks. It's very rare. So what they do is, is every 20 minutes, 
they give you a drink based on your weight, your height. So every 20 minutes, you have to pound this drink. And this goes on for three hours. Every 20 minutes, three hours. Folks that are driving in your car, take a minute to think about that. Every 20 minutes, they're handing you a drink and you have to drink it. And I'm not talking about a shot, Mike. I'm talking about half of a solo cup. Jungle juice, like jet fuel. So by the third or fourth one, I'm starting to like, it's starting... It's it's hitting me yep. pretty hard. Now, they didn't feed us, mm. so we all had empty stomachs. There was like nine of us there, right? And I am pounding these drinks, and I'm really starting to get sick, like really, really sick. So now comes, they bring in the rookies. This is a class of like 50, and their job, they sit you down in a chair, and they run through FSTs. And I now have a better appreciation for how these people are overly confident about their, their field sobriety tests. Because while they're ordering me to do like the one-legged stand, the walk and turn, I think I'm fucking acing it. Yeah. And if you think I'm funny now, folks, <laughs> three hours of drinking Jim Beam, I am fucking hysterical. Because after I finish every one of them, I look at the recruit and I go, fucking aced it, didn't I? <laughs> and I didn't. So they PBT me. I'm a, a 0.14, which is not a lot. Wow. But for a guy that doesn't you're hammered i'm fucking hammered right so they finish the fsts and now comes the debriefing time so they walk us uh now mind you i'm on keto at this point i told you guys this during the last episode i'm on keto i don't have carbs i don't have any of that stuff they order greasy pizza and i i scarf down two slices before we go into the big classroom for them to debrief so there's, I think, eight or nine of us that are part of this wet lab, and we're all like family members of recruits that are in the academy, and they line us up. Thankfully, I'm at the last chair in the classroom closest uh-huh. to the door. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And now the alcohol, the walk from the room that they had us doing this wet lab exercise to the classroom. It's is, like the twilight zone. It, I don't know how I got uh-huh. there, mm-hmm. and I was holding on to the wall while I'm walking down the hallway. And while I'm down, walking down the hallway, I'm I'm doing like this. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically I'm self-plungering my stomach and I know shit's going to happen. So I pick the last chair by the door. So they're going one by one. They're like, OK, this is um, this is um, uh, Samantha. Yeah. Um, her PBT was blah, 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 blah. Uh, tell us what you guys did, your field sobriety tests, what you determined. Would you have arrested them for DUI? Again, eight or nine. So they get down the guy next to me. They're on the guy next to me. Mike, I put my head down between my legs to hopefully regroup. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was the worst mistake that I made. And all I'm thinking in my, I'm committed that I'm going to throw up. I know it. You know uh, the point where you know? Yeah. And all I keep thinking about is my wife is in the classroom. I don't want to embarrass her in front of her fellow recruits. <laughs> and I know it's coming. I, I just feel it brewing. At the point of no return, I stand up and I walk out of the yeah, classroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I walk into the classroom next that. to so it. So many parties. Just it's, get up and leave. Dude, it's bad. Yeah. I get around the corner and I get into the classroom. And of course, this academy has to be pro-fucking-recycling. So all the trash cans have the tops on uh, them yeah. that display paper, plastic, aluminum, whatever. I turned the corner thinking that the, the trash can was open. It was not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Linda Blair, polka dice, 
Poltergeist. Polter, pol- yeah, uh, exorcism. Exorcism. <laughs> Throw up projectile <laughs> yeah. all uh-huh. over the wall. Yep. It looked like a Warshack <laughs> painting. And it just kept on coming. And the sound that was coming out of me was like demons coming out of my body. <laughs> and all of the students come running to the door and are like, what's going on? And at this point, the academy instructors are get like, get back, get back, get back, get back, get <laughs> back. And I am barf. I am barfing oh, yeah. so much that I swear to God, my dinner from three nights ago was in, in the throw up. Yeah, and it just kept disgusting. on coming. Yeah. And. The rookie I talked to you said that you pissed yourself. No, I didn't piss myself. I'm just saying that's what they said. Did they say that? Yeah, they're like, he pissed himself, projectile vomited all down the hallway and on the wall. You see how then, shit grows? And then, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know the worst part about it is? <laughs> the instructors go into the classroom and point at my wife and go, get in here. <laughs> and they made her fucking clean all my shit up. Oh, that's fucked But up. I will say this. One of the instructors like, uh, on the floor, <laughs> one of the instructors gloved up and he yeah. was like cleaning up with me. And I cleaned up my because at the point when I when I threw up, I felt like so, so much better. Yeah. Like I felt I it was like immediate sobering up, but it was yeah. so em, I was so embarrassed. And what's worse is I sobered up and then it went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I went back to the car and I just laid in the back seat yeah. the whole time. And I was I was sick for two days yeah. after that. Bro, I've been it there, fucked dude. me up so bad that Damn. I didn't want another drink for a long, long time, bro. A long, long dude, time. Dude, I went out with my buddy a couple, couple months ago and uh we got it in. We like planned this thing. We were like, get it in, bro. Got it in. I hadn't drank I don't drink like that either. And uh, but this night I did. I made up for that six months that I hadn't been drinking. And I get up. And uh, the baby's like screaming or whatever, and I am fucking hung hammered, over. Hammered. Bro. Well, I wasn't. I got hammered the night before, but I was hung over, like just like you've been hit by a truck. And my wife didn't know I drank that much because I got home late. Yeah. And I fucking <laughs> the baby's like, Bang! and I'm like feeding the baby like food and shit, and and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking urinate, bro. <laughs> so, grandpa was like, you all right? I'm like, no, watch the baby. <laughs> And I go upstairs and I'm like, you know, fucking dude, my wife comes up. in the bathroom and she was like, did you have fun? <laughs> and I'm like, I could see her doing that. And I'm like on the toilet spitting. And she's like, you're a fucking grown man. Get your shit together. I'm taking the kids out of the house. I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> And Holy I was like, oh. the kids, daddy, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm getting to bed, bro. I went to sleep. Uh, all right. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, folks. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. Broke up with my girl last night, so I went to the club. So I went to the club. Put on a fresh white suit and a mini coat, sitting on dubs. I'm just looking for somebody to talk to and show me some love. Show me some love. If you know what I'm. Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you can get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. 
Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today. Get ready to get fucked up. Let's do it. Ha ha. Tell them if they owe. You know it. Let's go. Yeah. All of the alcoholics. We want. Let's go. Hey. Where are these guys, dude? Oh, Where LMFO. They they're yeah. done, man. They're done. No, they're not. Are they're they? Done. Yeah, dude, that was from 2009. That was 10 years ago, bro. They were fucking great, man. Uh, so picking up, dude. You know, like uh, going with LMFAO when they came out. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like being their dad? Oh my god! And you'd be like, "You're a fucking loser. You're not going to do anything with your life." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop wearing those stupid clothes yeah. and get a job. And, and then I'll look at them. And they laughed all the way to the yeah, bank. Yeah, all the way to the fucking but bank. they strike me as as a group that were stupid and didn't invest their money. Like, oh, like MC Hammer, that shit? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I like Posty. Posty, he's diversifying because I think he realizes that uh, he's... Shaquille O'Neal, bro. You got to diversify. Dude, Shaquille O'Neal's got endorsement deals. Yeah. Fuck, I mean... yeah. He's set. He's got a bunch of restaurants and shit. That's how you do it. That residual well, you gotta, income, bro. You got to hook up with somebody that knows what the fuck they're talking yeah, about. Like post, not just blowing money. Post Malone hooked up with like he's got his own uh, wine. Can he's he stop got, getting face tattoos, bro? I know. I'm not it's a big getting fan. A little of bit much. I know. I know. I know. I'll talk to him. It's like stupid shit. Too. I'll talk to him, Mike. All right. I'll talk to him. Okay. Go ahead. He's gonna text. Actually, me later. Chief Harvey, can you can you shoot him a call? And yeah. Talk to your boy Post. Yeah. Good dude, yeah, lot, very talented, but just stop come with on. the face tattoos. Yeah, enough. That's I saw him on the New Year's Eve. Thing. I know, I know. And he I just like, got, got a new another one. one? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I know. He's not thinking right, man. He's not thinking right. I know he's like an artist exploring his. And side he's not into drugs, like heavy drugs or no, anything. He's, he's a cigarette smoker. Bud Light, time. dude. His Bud Light endorsement is multi million. He got a Bud Light endorsement. I didn't multi million dollar Bud oh, Light. Shit. He has a Bud Light truck that pick, pulls up to his house and uh-huh. restocks his refrigerator that Bud Light dropped off. And he has his own Post Malone Bud Light uh, bottle. I don't drink that shit. I don't know. It's water. Yeah, it's piss, piss water. Beer, dude. Yeah. Step your game up, bro. Yeah. So back to drunk stories. So um, <laughs> when I left the police department, uh, my group, my community policing group, and a couple other people that used to work for me took me out to uh, Bar Louie. That's a big popular place around here. And um, uh, TM who's now a sergeant, uh, just got promoted. Um, he got me so fucked up, bro. Like shots, like every time my drink was empty, he would like refill it. I almost didn't make it out of the restaurant. I don't know how the hell I got home. I know I didn't drive because I didn't drive there. Yeah, of course. Um, I was out of commission for four days after that. Like, dehydrated like oh yeah it takes I've me three ne- days to turn around dude it was bad. level out three it days bad minimum three days so tm yeah. shame on you because i know you listen to this thing and you know what you did yeah uh shame yeah. on you yeah but yeah. he was laughing of course he was a big was. burly guy yeah. a big teddy fucking bear green mile big motherfucker yeah. preacher yeah. a walking preacher he's fucking hilarious though. he's a fucking monster and he's you know what he's turning out to be a fantastic leader Fantastic. Oh, Everything he listens to the show then. He does. And <laughs> and and what I love about him is is that he takes care of his people. He's doing right by people. Um what it's all about, man. And that's all you need to do. All right. So first traffic stop for me. I remember it was three in the morning. I stopped a guy for uh speeding on a pace. Uh, it was three in the morning and you didn't have radar, right? Nope. It yep, was a same pace, thing, right? And I was uh it was occupied four times and I was like 
22 years old and I was like, whoa, I'm the only motherfucker out here and there's four people in fucking in this car. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Jesus. So it was good. It was good. That was my first one. Uh, on Did you get anything shit. out of it? Drugs or anything? Nah, it Just was feeding? fucking. He was like, Did you ride him? No, no, no. You know, I didn't. I Let me back up. My first two years, I wrote for anything and everything. Yeah. That's what and we that's talked about last I, episode. It, and then you're like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, now I'm looking for drugs. Yeah. I'm looking for drugs. Was that your niche? Yeah, drug, that, drug that addiction work. Drug that was addiction. my thing, man. I do fucking... They used to call us troopers, me and another guy on midnight. Mm-hmm. And be like, you're a trooper. I remember. I remember. And we just sit and we would do interdiction on the highway trooper all night Mike, long. I remember. Yep. yep. I would just look and wait for it. And I'm like, this is good. Yeah, you guys were beasts. Yeah. We were tearing it up, yeah. man. And and shout out to my boy. He's deployed now. He's overseas. Mm. Who was my beat partner at the time when we were doing that shit. It Let me ask times. you something. First court appearance. Just cut loose. Your your field training officer's <laughs> not with you. Your first uh, time up at the podium by yourself. Traffic. Yeah, for traffic. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dude, knees shaking. Like, um, um, you know, I had all my my. I used to fucking stroke everyone, bro. So I had a yeah. stack of VUSs. Yeah. And back then it was the rocket docket. Yeah. Yeah. So this particular judge would just be like. Boom, boom, boom. And if your shit was a shit sandwich, She'd fuck she up. would tell you to, okay, until you're ready, officer. Go sit down. Go have a seat. Yeah. And I didn't want to fucking be that guy. Yeah. So I made sure. And did you practice the night before on your first uh, one? Yeah. Yeah. And then driving into court and everything else and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And I looked through, I put it on alphabetical order. Yeah. Which I got all my shit squared away. Now it's like bald up in a piece of paper. <laughs> Bro, my shit's like this. And I'm like, yeah, what's this for again, your honor? <laughs> Half the time, you don't even have a copy of the ticket. Yeah, You're it's just like, like, do you mind if I see <laughs> court's indulgence? Can I see your copy? It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay. And now, like, Translation, I don't have that ticket. Anything out of the word? Nope. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Stop sign violation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. Uh, any witnesses to this accident citation? On <laughs> nope, none. <laughs> but you, you know, I think oh, my first shit, one, I wanted to like I made it longer than what it should have been. Like, oh I'm yeah, like, like on, I on, will say, stationary uh, at the intersection of First and Main, and on uh, September observed 16th, this vehicle. Yeah. 2007. The wind was blowing was in a northeasterly direction. Yeah, at, <laughs> 76 degrees dry. The vehicle, a uh, 2012 uh, Nissan Almada, was traveling westbound. I activated my, and the judge is just like, "Come, get okay. get with it." It's oh. it was a what's the violation, light. officer? Yeah, and they're like, "Uh, uh, uh." Well, uh, the uh, tag light was not illuminated per the uh, manufacturer's uh, operational need, and uh, fifty dollars. Like, right, See the car Mr. Smith, what? Uh, We don't have a trial like law law and order. (laughs) No, I thought every dude, I thought everything went to trial because that's all I watched was like law and order and CSI. And listen, if you're just getting into this profession, like you're in the academy or or you're thinking about it, getting into this profession, you need to adjust your idea of what justice is when you come into this profession, because yes. if you think that every single case, and this is no dig on uh, district attorneys or CAs or anything like that. Yes, it, is. it No, because they see so many cases <laughs> and there needs to be a level of justice. So it's give and you, take, man. It's yeah, a game. It's if a you game. think everybody's going to jail, the jails would be so overcrowded. Um, there'd be no room for game, right? Bro. It is. If 
if you charge at a felony level and you can get a plea for a misdemeanor level and that gets somebody on the books as being a criminal or get them monitored or services, that's what's going to happen. So your expectations as a new officer, you need to be realistic. Yep. Not everybody's going to jail and you're not. I had an officer that worked for me that used to take a tart when he would lose a case. And you cannot take that catch and release, catch bro. And release, I mean, now more so in New York, you know, release fucking everything and don't catch shit. Or Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore is not as bad as New York, but it's getting there. Yeah, it's that bail there. reform is out of it's fucking, fucking out control. of control. Dude, like, committed a murder, and they're like, oh well, we can't really prove the murder, so let's go ahead and let him go. Well, their list of things now that you can be released on without any bail. And then on top of that, you get a Bath and Body Works gift card and some tickets to a baseball game to ensure that you show up to court. Yeah, it's fucking it's crazy. Fucking dude. crazy. I thought that was I really honestly thought that that was a joke until I started researching it for the show. You legit get gift cards and um, uh, concert tickets or baseball tickets or basketball tickets to ensure that you show back up at court. I mean, is that really where we're going? Like. What is going know. on with the mayor and the governor in it's New York a fucking City? Mess, dude. It's, it's a fucking mess. I, I, it's the incompetent leading the incompetent. It's bad, dude. It's eroding because it's it's coming further and further. Like I feel like we're in the middle of the shit sandwich. You got California where pretty much it's the wild wild fucking west and then you have New York who's going to a, a judicial system where anarchy is starting there's no justice there is no justice there's no justice there for is. anyone I, even the victims in there dude but i mean you guys at nypd man politics and policing you. bro well that'll be our next episode trust yeah. me part two yeah um because that's a whole nother we got to write all that down and go over that's a whole fucking there's yeah. a lot to talk about there yeah so what was your first complaint rude and discourteousness <laughs> well, really? go figure <laughs> um like to where your sergeant was like Hey, yeah, I got to talk to you about yep. this. <laughs> and it was our sergeant that we had together in the community police. Really? Yep. Wait uh, a minute. That long it took you yeah, to get one? I was. Yeah. Bro, I got six months on solo no, patrol. I got nope. my first. I was very, very careful. I mean, other than uses of force, which were justified. Yeah. I don't really count those. Yeah. But I had um, I was arresting a teenager and then another teenager came up from behind and grabbed um, the back of my shirt. We didn't have out of carry vest at the time yeah. and tried to pull me off. Yeah. And with one hand, I pulled my taser out and I put it the dot on him. And I said, if you don't get back, I'm going to fucking you're going to ride the fucking lightning. <laughs> and his mom was there. That's who called to, to, to complain. Uh, wasn't the fact that yeah, he grabbed you. It wasn't the fact what that the he grabbed fuck? me or anything like that. She didn't like that. I said, ride the lightning. And in this profession, folks, you never like new officers. Don't ever fucking lie. That's the number one. If you yeah, did something, own up to it. Yeah, exactly. So our boss called. I'll never forget this. I was on the phone and, and he was like, hey, meet me at the dead end of the rendezvous point. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, OK. And I get out there and he's like, get out of the car. And I knew something was because, you know, him, he's very like laid yeah. back. And he's like, listen, um, did you tell some kid that you were going to make him ride the lightning? And I was like, yep. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like. I was a <laughs> Sarge. I was arresting somebody, uh, and this kid grabbed me from behind. Yeah, and tried to rip me like off. In charge of instruction, and he's like, "I get that, but you can't, you can't say stuff like that." And I was oh. like, "All right, so I can't say, do you like Buzz Lightyear?" And he's like, "Nick, seriously, <laughs> you cannot say stuff like that." I was like, oh, "All right, all right," and I owned up to it, <laughs> and that's where it died. Like, I, it wasn't an official, but it was yeah, a complaint. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a complaint. Mine was um, a traffic stop. Uh oh. 
uh, Lady Speedin got her on a pace. Of course, it was like it was like eleven thirty at night, and uh, I just remember walking up to car and she had like a thousand pounds of shit. She was a hoarder. Yeah. So like those are the worst. It was like a one seater, but uh, it was a four door. Yep. yep. <laughs> she, I've had like a couple a, of those. A tunnel. Yes. And I'm like, this isn't even like shit everywhere, yeah. bro. And uh, I'm like, hey, I'm Officer Mike, you know, speeding, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, is that why? Is that why? You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, so she complained and she was like, ah, and she was like refusing to sign this the ticket. And oh, I'm like, no. okay, you sure you want to do that? Yeah. And uh, whatever. So I, uh, I'm in my patrol car running her on all this other stuff before I even issued the ticket. And I'm running her information, and as I'm writing the summons, they're like, dispatch calls me, like, headquarters, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, good. And they're like, uh, your, uh, your person on the traffic stop's calling it. <laughs> and, I'm like, uh, and I'm like, okay. You know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That's the worst. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, um, so Sergeant so-and-so's like, Sergeant so-and-so to blah, blah, blah. Hey, uh, I'm en route to your location. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't so care. So she called while you were on the traffic yes, stop. Yes, bro. She oh called that. She called dispatch. I've had that happen just recently. And then called. They transported her, transferred her to the sergeant. Wow. And he was like, hey, I'm en route to your stop. And I'm like, okay, I don't care. You yeah, know what I mean? Still getting a ticket. A fuck. Yeah, still getting a ticket. So he goes up and uh, he talks to her or whatever, and mm-hmm. he comes back and she's <laughs> she is crazy. Yeah, like bad shit crazy. And he was like, Shocker. um. She said that uh, she's dealt with you before and that you're very rude and you told her to go fuck herself what? and um, she thinks you're going to rape her. Come and I'm on. like, what? Come on. I'm like, really, bro? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's, I know she's crazy. He was like, don't worry. We always get complaints. I was like, oh, shit. Thank oh God. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? That's scary. Bro. I that's was like, scary. I did, it was like, and there's no one out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like a Wednesday night. Yeah. But yeah, he he was like, I don't know, whatever. Well, good for yeah. him. Good for him. I mean, I've had as a sergeant, I've had multiple. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Dude. You know what I can't stand? And this I was is like, a, press hard five copies. Yeah, this is education <laughs> for you officers that are out there, coming from two sergeants, former sergeants. What I can't stand is when I come to handle a complaint for you, and you want to be involved in, um, the person telling their side of the story. The best thing for you to do is distance yourself as far away from the sergeant and the complainant as you possibly can. Yeah, don't get in the middle of it. It diffuses the situation, and it also allows your sergeant to get an out. You know what I used to do? Hey, listen, I'm going to go talk to that officer after you, and believe you, me, I'm going to have a strong conversation with them. They don't know what a strong conversation means. When I I was on mids, Mm -hmm. and they'd say, oh, they want a supervisor out here, I'd show up. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, these people, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, what's going on? Oh, this, he stopped me because blah, blah, blah. And I was like, everybody go in service. I'm like, I'd send every officer in service. They're like, you sure, Sarge? I'm like, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll yeah. handle this. Yeah. Send them away. Go in service. Yep. Get out of here. Go. Yep. And they're like, oh, you don't want to hear my side? I'm like, it's not that I don't want to hear your side. Yeah. I'm not worried about your side right now. Yeah. If I was, I'd talk to you first. Yeah. I got it. I'm going to yeah. handle it. Same. Same. And 90% of the complaints, people just want to be heard. Right. Same. What I would do is, is with my group, especially when I was in community policing, I had them for like four or five years. They all knew. I would say to them, listen, you're going to hear me tell stuff to citizens about you. Don't take it personally. It's to defuse the situation and keep it out of yeah, internal that's investigation. That's the job. My job is to keep it at the lowest possible level. Yep. And what I appreciated was is that the new chief that we have is is very keen on that. That's what he wants. Handling it Make at the decision. lowest yes. possible level. 
Because before, and what crushes morale is, is that when you put pen to paper for every single ass fucking right, complaint, right? Like the one that you just talked about, mm-hmm. that seriously would have been investigated. Oh, 100%. They would have brought in everybody. They would have raked yeah. you over the coals for 90 days and you would have gotten a white <laughs> yeah. envelope. Yep. You're under investigation. I would have loved to have been in your group when that happened. I would have fucking <laughs> made up one of those fake <laughs> envelopes. And yeah. I would have fucking. Then you would have got fucking angry Mike for sure. Damn right. I All like right. angry Mike. Here's another one. Go ahead. Uh, first use of force. Oof. What was used? And obviously it was justified, but what was what was your first tool that you ever used? Okay. So this is going to be really bad. Um, so a guy that we have regular run-ins with in our city, um, constant PCP uh, and cocaine guy. Uh, I've dealt with him numerous times. He's a police fighter. I show up, fellow officer on Midnights, who's now a sergeant. Uh, he's standing next to the guy. Now, this guy is 6'4", hmm. 225, 250, around there. Big dude. And I'm hmm. not a really big guy. So um, I turn around. I've had run-ins with him before, so I know that he's a fighter. This is prior to tasers. We don't mm-hmm. have tasers. Yeah. So this is like 07, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. So the officer is next to him holding his arm um, or trying to hold his arm. And he's, you know, 160 pounds soaking wet. I tell him, I said, turn around, you're under arrest. He goes, no. I pull out my OC spray. And I guess it was the adrenaline. I sprayed the officer. <laughs> and, what and, the fuck, Steve? That's a Steve fucking move, bro. Here's here's the thing. Though. Holy You're fuck. really going to judge me. Oh, and I know who you sprayed, too, because yeah. he still motherfucks gets, you to this day. It gets worse. Oh, no. I sprayed him two more times after this incident on two separate occasions. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. So I'll go hands on all day before I pull out spray. Right well, now. this is a big this is a big motherfucker, I'd go, bro. I'd chop so, that tree down. So hold on. <laughs> so I spray the officer. Then I spray uh, this guy and he <laughs> runs. So the officer stands. What did the there? officer say when you sprayed him? You motherfucker. <laughs> and. He turns around, <laughs> the suspect runs, and this officer tries to run after him, oh, but he runs in the opposite direction oh, of the suspect no. while oh, he's screaming, fuck, man. you motherfucker. So the, <laughs> so the guy is running away. I'm chasing him. He reaches into his pocket and he throws a cigarette pack out on the ground mm-hmm. straight up. You know, it's drugs in there. Yeah. So we're toe to toe now. He saw, he sizes up. He puts his fist up at me and he's like, I'm fucking, I'm going to fucking kill you. So I pull out my baton. Folks, our batons are fucking garbage. <laughs> Those things are good for for a couple of things. One, banging the dent out of your cruiser because you don't want to report that an accident occurred. Knocking on windows. Knocking on <laughs> like windows. Was... Breaking out windows. Knocking on doors. Knocking on doors. <laughs> and they're fantastic for sealing a paint can after you open it. <laughs> oh uh, my so I take my baton and I do one leg strike, like a you know, straight out of the academy. Get back, get down. Right, right, right. I hit this dude with the baton and the baton just like comes off of him. And he like looks at me and he's like, don't fucking do that again. And I'm like, what the fuck? So we wrestle down on the ground. I handcuff him. The officer that I sprayed come up, comes up and he is motherfucking me left and right. Right. And the sergeant shows up and the sergeant is like brand new, just got promoted. And he is livid because now he has to do an injured officer packet. He has to do a use of force, double use of force, the OC and the baton, because at the time it was treated as two separate uses mm-hmm, of force. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the good thing was, is that what was recovered was like 10 crack rocks in that 
uh, cigarette nice. pack or else it would have been because the initial stop was for drunk in public. Mm, yeah. And he gets sprayed and batoned. Yeah, but back then you didn't have to worry about that. No, there were no. You know what I mean? The law is the law. Yeah. Now it's too much. It's gray. Dude, I got so it's selective much, what we enforce now, even yeah. though it's still fucking law. Would I have done that now? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Fucking let him go. It's uh, bullshit. I don't know if I would have. I wouldn't him say go. let him go, but I would have like, adjusted yeah. my use of force. Not spray. <laughs> not spray. I would have tased him for sure. Oh, yeah. But I hardly ever crack out that spray now because it's just so unpredictable. My first one, I've never used a spray mm. yet. Knock on one. Got me again. I thought someone was knocking <laughs> on the studio door. The, um, the, uh, <clears throat> ours was, uh, I was, I've had, I did like hands on use of forces and stuff like that because I, like, I wrestled. So I'm like close quarter guy. I like to grab. Yeah. But when I, my first tool was my baton as well. And I'll never forget, dude, we were standing in a, a popular area, the apartment complex. It was like me and four other guys. Yeah. And a guy comes running out and he's like, oh, there's a fight in here and fight in here. And we're just standing there because it was like right outside of a bar. We we're doing crowd control. Yeah. He's like, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. So we fucking run in there. And the, um, dude, it was, I guess they had some sort of party. There was like 20 motherfuckers in here. Oh, partying, how many of you were there? There was four of us. Ooh, that's not enough. And it was a melee. That's not I enough. mean, people, this guy picked up a chair. He was going to smash what? this other dude. So we had one guy pulling out his gun, giving him commands to drop the fucking chair. Like the, the other f- dude was grabbing this other dude. They were separating parties. I mean, and it was only like a two bedroom apartment, dude. Jesus. 20 people in yeah, a two bedroom? Uh, yeah. So that, so I, uh, this guy would go grab and he won't, we're like trying to get, you know, re- reestablish order and shit. And it's just a fucking melee. So one of our other guys grabs this dude. He's like down on the, you know, get on the fucking ground. And the guy's like, fuck you. So you like, so I pull my, I have my baton out. Oh boy. Cause like I couldn't go in with it. And then one guy had his gun out. One guy had his spray out. I was oh like, I'm going to pull God. my fucking baton. So I get, I pull this thing out, dude. And, um, I fucking, this guy was like, he doesn't remember me using the baton on him at all. Yeah. He was so coked out of his mind. He had coke on him. He was so coked up. He doesn't like, he was like, I don't remember any of that. Like, I don't remember anything. Shit. And this guy would not budge, dude. And I was rocking this guy. Yeah. And he would not fall. Like that tree would not fall. And he was like a five, three Spanish. Dude. So he was really coked up, bro. He was definitely he was, coked up. He had up. like fucking legs of an ox. And Fuck, I'm like, dude. holy shit, dude. That's not Fuck. The, the practical is you're supposed to fall down and give up. You know, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not complying. <laughs> yeah. Get down, get down, you know, <laughs> fucking nothing, bro. Nothing. So oh anyways, God. that was my, uh, that was my first use of use of force. It was good. The sergeant was like, Ugh. I remember he came out. He was like, you use your baton. I'm like, yeah, I did. He was like, Ugh. all right. And he just didn't want to do the paperwork. Well, that because back in the day, the uses <laughs> of force were so, I mean, it was, <laughs> terrible yeah yeah and i've investigated quite a few uses of uses of force as a sergeant and they've gotten a lot better i think i think the way our system works in our particular agency it makes it a lot easier for documentation and uploading video and audio and all that other stuff before it was all paper i mean you wrote everything out in paper it was terrible all right highest speeding ticket ever written It wasn't a lot. I want to say it was in the 80s, which in Virginia is reckless driving. Yeah, but what was where was it? Mm, 395, the interstate, oh. which I hardly, 
I used That's to, it. Yeah, it's not good. No, man. I wasn't a real speed because I didn't have radar. Like yeah. my sergeant refused to send me for radar school because I we didn't get along very much. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Tell me more. No, I'm just kidding. It's just it was a it was a difference of style of policing. No, I know. So mine, uh, mine I, I have a good it. story. I have a good story. So I fucking oh, this guy. Um, we would set back up. We had an interdiction spot that mm -hmm. we would set up. It was right on the border where these uh, clowns are coming in and, uh, you know, we'd look for like, you know, third brake light out, tag light out, fucking headlights off. And we would set up, we would reset drug interdiction, boop, just keep hitting them, hitting them, process elimination, right? Yeah, yeah. And as we had just hit one and it was out of state tags because this is like a cut through. So we reset, we're at the light to reset on the border. Yeah. To, to get back into our spot, me and the other guy who's deployed now. And this fucking, and we were in Crown Vicks, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mark, no, I'm sitting there. It was like a 06, 07. It was a fucking monster, right? Yeah. Love that car. I love it. I'm sitting there at the light, and I don't know, and this is literally how I testified this in court. I just saw a fucking object just right Holy by us. Holy shit. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And it just shook our car like, woof. Shit. And my car is rocking and I look in my rear and this dude, it was a brown cab. It was a cab driver, brown, like brown cab, whatever mm -hmm. fucking, but it was a crown Vic Shit. and he, and I was like, and I fucking, I bottomed out. I got up to 120, bro. What? To catch up to this fucking guy. And literally it, it was like almost. So the top of our border, uh, I was almost through our fucking jurisdiction. Shit. Lights and sirens, fully fucking illuminated, bro. And we're catching up. It was like, it was like 3.30 in the morning. Jesus. Thank God I had, you know, my boy there who, you know, and he's right behind me. Mm -hmm. We get up on this thing. I'm fucking guns out, high-risk track stop. Turn the fucking car off. Give me your hands, you know? Yeah. I swear it was like a fucking robbery or a heist or some shit like Dude, I paced that guy at 118 in a what? 25. Come on. Bro. What 118. <laughs> he didn't. I got to take a shit? No. This guy, he gets out and uh, he gets out. I order him out, right? Mm -hmm. Hands up. Cars get full. Four dudes in the car, right? Oh. Four Middle Eastern guys. They just left eating. They were at a party. They were eating mm -hmm. at... This is all factual. I'm not making this shit up. They're eating at a fucking kebab restaurant in our next jurisdiction. And they were like, they were, he was like, I was here. I was here. And I'm like, I know this place because it's open 24 hours. I fucking went there before. It's great. It's good mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he said that the guy just had a baby and he needed to get home because his wife was going to be mad that he was out so late and they were fucking drinking, bro. The driver had not been drinking, mm. but the other guys were fucking ham. So he's at least responsible enough for that. Right. And I'm like, and meanwhile, he's like, fucking, they're all in handcuffs on the curb. We thought the fucking car was stolen. Yeah. Like, cab driver just got fucking robbed. It's fucking abducted, whatever. Yeah, that speed? Dude, 118. Did you lock him up? Nah, I stroked him of the US. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to fuck. So listen to this, dude. Uh huh. The guy's like, please, please, like, this is my profession. Like, I'm a cab driver. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, please, how are we going to work this out? What? Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking bribing me, dude? And he was like, no, 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 no. I would uh -uh. never do that. Uh -uh. But please. I was like, no. Fucking press hard five copies, bro. Wow. I'm not playing. No. You can tell it to the judge. 
Yeah, dude. So we got into um, we got to court and they found him. They gave him like a couple days in jail, dude. What? Yeah. They were like, there was no excuse for it. And he lost his license for, I don't know how long, but yeah, dude, 118 and a 25. That's fucking crazy. Dude, he would, he would, if I think if you, if I wouldn't have stopped him, he would have fucking wrapped that shit around a tree. Yeah, because crowds just way after, too, yeah, yeah, dude, they start lifting. They get loose yeah. over a hundred. All right. <laughs> All right. They get loose over a hundred. You read that in Police <laughs> One, right? Right, Mike? Yeah, I heard that they get really squirrely. That's what I heard too. <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot up on Crown Vicks, and I've heard right around 110 is when things start getting real yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fishy. Yeah. A little, little wobbly, weebly wobbly yeah. in the wheels, yeah. especially the rear because it's rear end. 130, um, <laughs> you're going back to the future. <laughs> Holy fuck. Where are we at? We're just going to take a break? Yep. All right. All right, folks. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to wrap this episode Get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. The roll call room. We want to dedicate this episode to two officers. The first is going to be Catherine Fine. Police officer Caddy Fine died after being dragged by a vehicle while conducting an investigation. Police officer Fine and her partner were investigating reports of drug activity and they approached a car along the 1400 block of 16th Street in Newport News, Virginia. During the investigation, the driver sped off, dragging police officer Thine for a block. The vehicle struck a tree, and officer Thine was pinned between the tree and the vehicle. Police officer Thine was taken to Centora Norfolk General Hospital, where she died from her injuries. Police officer Thine served with the Newport News Police Department for approximately one year and, a pro- and previously served with the United States Navy. She is survived by her two-year-old daughter. The next officer we would like to recognize is from the Prince William County Police Department in Virginia. Master Police Officer Greg, Kra- Greg Kraus. Greg was well-respected and a loyal member of the police department and beloved friend to so many served in the United States Marine Corps for six years, obtaining the rank of sergeant before joining the Prince William County Police Department in 1995. Greg began his law enforcement career as a patrol officer in the Eastern District, served as a field training officer before coming becoming a firearms instructor at the Public Safety Training Academy, where he was currently assigned. During his 25-year career, Greg trained many current and retired members of the police department, is well known for his friendly demeanor and positive attitude. He would be deeply missed by all of us. Greg is survived by his wife and his son. All right, we are Dude, back. what happened to music, bro? What do you it's mean? It's fucking great. 
I know. We have fucking great music selection the last couple we episodes. Do. It's like people maybe, love it, dude. Yeah, maybe because I'm a DJ. Yes. Uh all right. So uh Mike. Again. One last thing. One last yeah, question. Yeah, right, one buddy. last question. Why not? Highest warrant ever sworn out. Highest warrant. Yeah. Like highest criminal fucking felony charge. Malicious wounding for a stabbing. Mm. Highest. Mm. I was living at an apartment building for free in the city. And I was just coming back from grocery shopping. And this these two teenage girls had gotten into a fight. And the mother went upstairs to her apartment. It's a 16-floor uh, apartment building, all public housing. She went up to her apartment. Brought down a kitchen steak knife. Mm, big ass butcher knife. Big no, ass. Or like, uh, small... like the serrated one. Oh, okay. Right? Uh -huh. And daughters are fighting. Her daughter is losing the fight. She mm. comes up, stab, stab. And, and it's in the hallway or the lobby? This was I in the I lobby. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's on tape, right? Yes. Yes. She slit her leg open right yeah. by the femoral artery. Yeah. Oh. And I come back from grocery shopping and I thankfully I had just bought a, a roll of toilet um, uh, paper towel, bounty. Mm -hmm. and no gloves or anything bounty sponsors yeah she's she's sitting she's sitting in the lobby bleeding and mm. i take the roll like wrap it around my hand and i shove it in the wound mm -hmm. and stop the bleeding and everything i don't know what the hell is going on but mm -hmm. the mom with the knife was in the lobby the whole entire fucking time and all i got is my gun and that's it on me like i don't yeah. have my radio or anything so i'm on yeah. the fucking cell phone like get units here and yeah. a fucking riot breaks out i wound Holy up locking shit. up I wound up locking up the mom for malicious wounding for that. And Damn. then she wound up getting acquitted. What? Yeah. She got acquitted. The judge uh, felt that she, her daughter's, her daughter's life was in danger. And it, had she have not have stepped in, her daughter probably would have been killed. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not nuts. What's more interesting is, is during the trial, mm -hmm. like outside of the courtroom, I mm -hmm. run into the girl that I saved her life mm -hmm. and I go, how, you know, being real, I'm like, oh, you look, you look great. I'm good to see, let's see you're okay. Mm -hmm. And she goes, fuck you, get out of my face. <laughs> and I'm like, you know who I am? I'm the guy yeah, that fucking yeah. saved your life. Hey, what and, do you do? I thought we were cool. I saved yeah, you. She's like, fuck you. I don't talk to cops. I was okay. like, oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Thankless job, folks. Uh, the, um, highest, <clears throat> The highest warrant I've ever sworn out mm -hmm. is um, conspiracy to commit murder. Whoa. Oh, I remember that case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's when you the were. The sister. Yeah, well, I was in the task force. Yeah, task force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I, the sister. Um, I was your Kevin Costner. Yeah. The uh, the sister, um, uh, he called her after the murder and she helped destroy his clothes and everything. Shit. The feds took on the case. They came and swooped it up. But that was, it was a, it was a way to get her held. Wow. So they were like, hey, go swear out this warrant. And I was like, sure. Fucking no problem. Yep. Wow. Conspiracy to fucking commit murder, bro. What the fuck, dude? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. I have it somewhere. I made a copy of it somewhere. Around. Yeah, it's like the it's like the um it's fucking the, legit. The video. I still have the video of the of the stabbing. Um it's crazy, man. It's it's fucking nuts the stuff that we that we do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's right. fucking crazy, man. Like and share, share and like. Okay, Get so there, folks. Bluehelp.org. It is about that time. Um, Tag Think, the Uriah Guardian Foundation, T A G F I N C dot com. Yep. We, like, share, donate. Uh, we are um, 
happy to start our nonprofit up. Um, there's going to be a promo in between this episode. I want you to check it out. Yep. This is what I want you to do. Nick at RollCallRoom.com. Mike at RollCallRoom.com. RollCallRoom.com. Uh, YouTube. iTunes. Remember, we got the Ernie and Joe Crisis Cops poster. 100th person that leaves a comment is going to get it. Um, so get out there. Spread the word, folks. We appreciate all that you guys are doing. Check us out. Like and share. Share and like. Be safe. Live your legacy. Mama getting it in, she fit the school in the gym into a work day. I'm strong, she got me doing the dishes. Hell a nigga down when the clip was to an extension. You so bad, yeah, you so vicious. I'm so glad that you not his chick. She wanted a nigga, ain't got the right. Alright, fans, thanks so much for tuning in to another great episode of the Roll Call Room. I want to remind you that uh, we are on YouTube. Go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Roll Call Room. We're also on Facebook at Roll Call Room Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, we're always asking for you guys to go on iTunes and rate us a five star with a comment. Um, helps us climb the charts. Uh, don't forget to check out bluehelp.org. Uh, if you're struggling out there um, and you need somebody to talk to, we'd highly recommend them. Don't forget about our nonprofit, um, tagfink.com. Uh, we got some great shows coming up soon, and uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please email us at nick at rollcallroom.com or mike at rollcallroom.com. And always take care of each other, look out for each other, and check on each other. Thank you.